Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. There you go. I thought I was by myself. You yelling at me? Hi, baby. Um, for some reason, family, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me not being responsible. Um, the sermon I wrote is not coming up. All right. <laughs> Y'all going to get this word. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. Father, even though we know Advent is over, we know you are the light that shines. If everyone can take out their light and light it as I light this last candle that lights everything else. Um, if you weren't here, we celebrated Advent. We celebrated the light of the world coming into the world. And so, Father, we know that your light is the light that shines and scares away all of the darkness. That's why we're able to stand here. So, Lord God, as we light our candles, we just believe in you. And we just believe in all that you're doing this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. I'm going to give this one more try, and if it doesn't come up, oh, look at that. Thank you, Jesus. It came up. All right. <laughs> That's why you go with Apple, y'all. It saves. Um, I hope you guys are having a great night. So thankful for you guys to come out during this inclement weather. Um, has anyone... Um, has anyone ever been to a place of somewhat significance? Anyone? Anyone ever been to the White House? Yeah. Right? Anyone ever been to like an airport? Do you know the amount of protocol and clearance you need with that? It's like they got to check what you've done in the past year. They want to know what you did. They want to take blood samples. Right. And anyone and, and anyone ever get rejected somewhere where you walk up, you're like, oh, I'm with them. And they're like, you're not anyone. Anyone. It's happened to me. It was very embarrassing. It was very weird. Very awkward. Very awkward moment. I'm like, yeah, I'm with them. And they're like, I don't know that man. And I was just like. They kiki palmered me at the door. I don't I don't know this man. And I was like, oh, OK. And then they were like, oh, I'm just kidding. I was like, Whew. anyone ever have that feeling of embarrassment? Right? I've been there. I've been there. Anywhere where there's someone significant, there's people guarding it. Right? And so, in like where there's a king, like they're always guarding it. They have guards to guard the king in England and the queen. You just can't waltz up in there and be like, hey, yo, let me talk to the queen. Like it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Anywhere you go, it doesn't work that way. And so I've been, in, I've been in those positions where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to get in. And then it's just like, no. For so, and it, the, the thing is, it doesn't even have to be that grand as a kingdom. It could just be somewhere you're trying to gain access to, and you just get denied. I always wonder to myself, why would God not allow Jesus to be born in a castle? Where are you going? Hey, over here with the rest of them. <laughs> Ain't no Christmas gifts up here. He's like, I wish you would. This is how I imagined Jesus to be when he was that age. 
We're just like, he's just running places where he shouldn't be. And he's like, I am God. <laughs> what an excuse, right? Look at him, look at him. He's coming around this side. <laughs> Y'all, this is what Jesus was like. If you think Jesus walked around as a child, like, you are 100% wrong. It says he was 100% man and 100% God, so he did 100% kid stuff. Though he didn't sin. Though he didn't sin. I always wondered to myself, why wouldn't God allow Jesus to be born in a castle to a king or to a queen? How come he didn't, wasn't born around dignitaries? Now it's the both of them. Why wouldn't he do that? Why, why a stable? Why a feeding trough? Why exposed to the elements? And I've come to understand that the reason why Jesus was not born in a kingdom, he was not born in a castle, he wasn't born around dignitaries, he wasn't born around high government and religious officials, he wasn't born around any of those people because those people were difficult to get to. All of those people were difficult to get to. But I find that where Jesus was born, where he was had, that the reason why he was born the way where he was is because he wanted to be accessible. Do you know how beautiful it is for Jesus to be accessible where he was? Now, you could sit here and say, well, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We know that. We know that the Christmas tree believes it likes roots and pig. We know that. But we also know that we want to keep the tradition of remembering the birth of our Savior. For all my people who, if you want to sit here and say, go through the Bible, I agree with you. Jesus, Jesus was probably born in warm weather. This cold weather, we need to move Christmas to June. We know that. But the thing that we want to remember is his accessibility as a king, as God, to all mankind. Where he was born, there was nothing that could stop us to get to him. And where he is now, there is nothing that could stop us to get before him. Hi, baby. You're cute. I'm going to read in Luke 2. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was a governor in Syria. And everyone went their own, to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from a town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And he gave birth to their firstborn son. She gave birth to their firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was no guest room available for them. You see, in order for God to be accessible, he had to be placed in an in unordinary place to be born. 
And I think there's a lot of us in the room right now that you have to understand that you are pregnant with a vision. You are pregnant with a hope. You are pregnant with a joy. And it can't come out in normal circumstances. It has to come out in unnatural, unnormal circumstances. And I think so many of us, we're like, how come we're not getting blessed like they're getting blessed? How come we're not moving up like they're moving up? How come we're not progressing like they're moving? If you have Jesus Christ in you, our king doesn't move that way. He doesn't do the normal things. He's not born where every child should have been born. He's not born in the same place a typical king would be born. He said, I'm going to be born in a place that's not typical to mankind because I want them to know that I am not their normal king. I am not a normal savior. I am not in a place where you can't access me. I'm not in a place where you can't get to me. I'm accessible to everyone. You see, I think for a lot of times we look around and we see our own circumstances and we're like, God, well, how come we're not like that? How come my blessing is not moving like that? How come I'm not moving up this way? How come it's taking me so much longer? Anyone have the same prayers in this room? Just me? Okay, cool. You ever ask yourself those questions? I worked harder. I tithed more. I prayed harder. How come they're getting blessed and I'm not? Are you listening to my prayers? Are you hearing me? I've been praying I've been going, I've been pacing back and forth, waiting for you to arrive, and yet nothing. But you have to understand, your blessing is not going to come on normal terms. It's not going to come where everyone else's comes. Because that's not how God created you. He's made you divine and unique, and his purpose for you is also divine and unique. So guess what? It can't be born where everything else is born. It has to be birthed in irregular circumstances. Irregular circumstances is when it becomes accessible. The blessing is not only for you, but it's for your children and your children's children. It's for your coworker. It's for your boss. See, when God blesses you, it has to be during an irregular time. Why? So that you can say, God had to do this. I couldn't do this. When people asked me, how was your church during the pandemic? And I was like, we actually grew through the pandemic. They were like, how? I was like, it was an irregular circumstance. God had to have done it. When people were asking us, how's your church doing financially? And I was like, we have more than enough. Matter of fact, we're going to actually give more than what we brought. Whoa, how are you doing that? It's an irregular circumstance. It wasn't by the hands of man. It was the hands of God that allowed it to be accessible the way it was. You see, you have to understand your blessing should be accessible. If your blessing is just for you, if it's only held by you, if you, you're the only one who protects it and you're not, you're, you're, you're actually hoarding it. Your blessing has to be accessible. It has to be something that says, you know what, God, I know you gave this to me, but if I need to bless someone else, I give it right, right to someone else. See, that's a, that's a different heart posture. He could have been born in a kingdom. He could have came from the sky in, 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 a, in a golden basket. He could, have, he could have showed out. You preaching at me? He could have showed out. He could have had angels roll down a veil. He could have all of heaven just come and deliver him to Mary. But no, 
He says, I'm going to go through the way of man because I want to be 100% man. As Tasha was saying, a lot of these feelings for Jesus was new. Who was God? It says it in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And in the beginning, all three of them existed, Father, Son, and Spirit. All of them existed at one time. So here, let me bake your noodle for just a minute. Imagine you create something. You create an entire world, and then you're, as a baby, he wants water. He needs milk. He's never needed something in his life. But for this moment, he's dependent upon a mother. That's why it says that he knew what it was like to be a man and to struggle as a man because he went through the things that he's never experienced. I bet you God never had to taste water because he created it. But the moment Jesus drank water, he was like, whoa, what is this? I didn't know it would taste like this. Hey, girl, let me preach. You have what is birthed in you. It's not regular. And I want you guys, please, I don't want you guys to walk out of here thinking, oh, it's a new year, new me, 2023, new year, new me. How many of us have, have said that and be like, no, it's a new year, still same me. I still like the same junk food. I still have the same habits. Why do I do that? I don't think God cares about a new year, new me motto. I think what's really on his heart, he's like, it's a new year, same God. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to look like my son? And I think a lot of us expect to run this sprint race of like, we're going to look like Jesus in three months or your money back guaranteed. It don't work like that. You got to trust the process. Just like Mary had to trust the process of like, I'm carrying this child for nine months. I got to trust the process. It's an irregular circumstance. It's an irregular circumstance. It says, and here, here's, here's something just, it just struck me this year that this was so different. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So we know that Jesus wasn't born in colder weather. They're not going to be out at night. All the sheep would be in a pen. I'm just giving you some historical facts, right? Just connecting the dots. So if someone's like, you know Jesus wasn't born in December. It's like, we know. The disciples were hanging, the shepherds were hanging outside. We know. It says, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Underline that to you part. If you can, if you have your Bibles, if you have the Bible app, just highlight that to you part. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. And underline that again. Underline that to you again. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Why didn't God make his announcement to political religious figures? Isn't that a question? Like, if I'm, if I'm God and I haven't spoken to mankind in 400 years, why would my first announcement be to shepherds? Dirty, stinky shepherds. Like, 
When, a, when kings and queens make announcements, they don't go to the lowest people in society. They go to all the people who know people, all the influencers, all the people who are well-to-do, all the people who are well-connected. That's who they go to. Let me give you a little backstory about shepherds. Shepherds were not liked by Orthodox Jewish people because they weren't able to maintain ceremonial law. They weren't. They were shepherds. They were hanging out with stinky sheep. And not only were that, they couldn't keep all the details of hand washing because of their occupation. They could not worship in the temple with others because they had to engage in financial tr transactions with Gentiles, thus making them ceremonially, ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. They had to talk to Gentiles. All the sheep that they kept were sacrificial sheep. They were made to sacrifice. All these guys were outcasts because they were not clean by the law of that time. So what does that mean? They weren't allowed in the temple. All their workings, all their dealings, they weren't allowed in the temple. But here's the beauty of the scripture. What does the angel say? He says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to who? This is where we participate. To who? To who? To you. God personalized a message. He told the angels what to say. They said, hey, a savior has been born to you. I could see all the shepherds looking at the angel and being like, yeah, a savior's been to who? And he's like, to you. He's like, why to me? Why to us? We're, we're not even allowed in the temple. We're not even allowed to be around them. But the angel, wait, 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 why did you say to me? And I believe in that moment that they're like, wait, so does that make us somebody? Does that make us important? For these angels to come out and meet us in our mess, in our workplace, where we're stinking, people don't want us around, a Savior has been born for, for me. A Savior's been born to me. I don't know what that do, does to you, but I, when I read that and I was studying that, I said, wow, God, you were so intimate that you didn't go to politician or religious figures. You went to the lowest people in society and you said, I am sending my son for you, for the outcast, for the, for the ones who've been put outside, for the weird ones, for the misfits. Guess what? My, I'm coming to you. He made this thing so personal. He didn't say, I came for, he's told them, I came specifically for you, the man who would become God. He said, I've come specifically for you. Those who are forgotten about, I've come for you. Those who feel lonely, I've come for you. Those who've been marginalized by society, I've come for you. Those who say, my lifestyle doesn't line up with what the church says, he says, I've come for you. The atheist, I've come for you. The agnostic, I've come for you. I don't care what anyone says to put you out. See, a savior was born to you sitting right here in this room. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This will be the sign to you. Not to anyone else, 
I want you guys to see it. Out of all the people God could have invited to his birthday party, he invites shepherds. Those guys over there. And the thing is, they, could, they didn't even like wash up. They went to the birthday party smelling nasty. They smelled like lamb chop. Imagine them showing up today. Imagine if like garbage men showed up to a birth of one of my children. I'm like, uh, what? But here they are. They showed up. That really spoke to me because I don't, I don't know what life you come from or your lifestyle or your background. I don't know all of that for everyone. But I could tell you mine was a mess. I could tell you that at times in my life, I was the outcast. And in times in your life, you may be the outcast. And you may be sitting in this room and you're like, I'm the outcast right now, Pastor. It's me. I feel like the black sheep of my family. I feel like I don't belong in my workplace. I feel like I don't belong amongst friends. I, I know exactly how you feel. But I want to tell you something. That's the beauty of the lordship of God. Is that for the outcast, he says, no, no, you guys are invited to my party. For the misfits, he goes, you're invited. For those who don't fit in, he goes, you're invited. This is the sign to you. See, I'm going to come in a place. You guys have to understand that the location is so important because it wasn't in a castle. Because if these shepherds were to show up to the castle, they wouldn't have been let in. If the shepherds were to show up to any place of anyone with religious prominence, they would not have been let in. They would have stood at the door and been like, you're not allowed here. But the angel gives them specific details. This is where you're going to find him. He's in a stable. He's in a manger. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. See, where Jesus was born, anybody can get to because there was no room in the inn. There was no room where everyone else was. So Jesus was born in a place that was accessible to everybody. You see, you have to understand that the faith that what this church believes, that the faith that I live in, Jesus is for everybody. He is for everybody, and he always puts himself in a position where everyone can get to him. I am sorry to each and every person in this room where you've been to a church where just Jesus wasn't freely and easily to get to. This is that church. I am sorry that you've been to a place, you've been around Christians who said you have to get your life together before you come to Jesus. I'm sorry for that because that's not the Jesus of my Bible. That's not what I read about. I'm sorry that someone told you that Jesus could never love you because of this. That's not the God I serve. That's not my Jesus. That's not what I read in the Bible. I'm so sorry for you. And so if this is the first time you hear it ever in your life, Jesus is for everybody. Where he was born was for everybody. Where he was positioned was for everybody. That's the beauty of the gospel is that he didn't come for the people who had it all together. He came for those who were a mess. For those who failed the test, he came for those. He says, don't worry about your mess. I'm going to turn it into a message. Don't worry that you failed the test. I'm going to turn it into a testimony. Don't you worry about it. Jesus is for everybody. This is the sign for you. This is the sign 
for you. His arrival changed everything. This simple message of to you changed everything. Hi. Hi. You have to you have to understand that these shepherds were, weren't allowed in temple, right? So they never went to temple, they never went to lay their side. They never did any of that. This is why the angel's message was so important, because they basically told him, hey, instead of you not being able to go to temple, the temple's going to come to you. Temple's going to come to us? How is the temple going to come to us? It's, it's actually in a form of a baby. And what you're missing out and what you're not allowed in, we're going to bring it to you and we're going to make it accessible to you. Yes, we understand they, they won't let you in the front doors of the temple, but that's okay. Where the Savior is born, there are no doors there anyways. Walk right in and, and go see your king. Go behold your king. The king that you couldn't see at temple, you're going to see him in a manger. I, God brought holiness to them where they weren't allowed. And if he can do it for shepherds, he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And the thing is, he doesn't stop doing that. He keeps on going to the places where you're like, God, you shouldn't be here. If you knew I struggled with this identity, if you knew I struggled with this um, um, affliction, if you knew I struggled with this addiction, if you knew I struggled with this, you shouldn't be here. But Jesus loves to show up in the places of our mess. He loves to show, and he continues to show up in the places of our mess. Do you know how many times where God made himself accessible to me and I didn't make myself accessible to God because I was so sad and so depressed about my life and I was like, you shouldn't be here. And he goes, if you knew the mess I was born in, you know I turned these things around. A lot of us do that. God makes himself accessible to us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And God is standing there. He goes, come to me. Come to me. But yet we have this mess and we say, no, God, I, you can't come in here. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. Why would you want to come in here? Don't come in here. Do you know what I said to that person? Do you know the addiction that lies beyond this door? Do you know the things in my life that lie beyond this door? You should not come in here. And he goes, I've come to you with a purpose. I came to you because I want to let you know that even though I am infinitely high, I am infinitely close to you and I want to come to you and I'm not going to, and I, want, I don't want you to think I'm here to judge you. I'm here to make you confess your sin. I'm here to make everything new. That's the joy of Christmas. That's the hope. That's the love. That's why, see, this is the reason why we celebrate Christmas, to remind ourselves that there is a God who cares intimately about me and you. It says, suddenly a great company, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, 
Peace to those on whom his favor rests. They made that declaration. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. See, I think when we say like peace on earth, we think like guys were fighting and they just like stop fighting. And they're like, we need to stop fighting today. Like something's different about tonight. We need to stop fighting. Right? Like they were, you could see them in the street fighting over this one thing of oil. It's just like, you know what? We should stop fighting. I feel like there's a difference in the atmosphere. No, it wasn't peace on earth. People didn't stop fighting. Wars didn't stop when Jesus was born. The reason why the angel said peace on earth is because the prince of peace had now entered the realm of man. That's why they said peace on earth. To whom his favors rest. Because before, I don't know if you guys know this, God between Malachi, where the Old Testament ends, and when the New Testament starts, there was a, a silence of 400 years. 400 years of silence. God didn't talk to nobody. Left everybody on red. Left everybody on red. And then when he makes his entrance, the angels say, oh, peace on earth. The Prince of Peace. See, it wasn't, as you guys know, these are literary terms. It was no longer a man versus man struggle. See, there was peace because it was now God versus God, and God was with God, and there was peace on this earth because God entered time. He entered time. Peace on earth because God, the Prince of Peace, was in a manger. He was in a manger. Like, I, I just always have all these questions, even right now, like real time, right? Like, God, why come as a baby? Why didn't you come as like a man and boss up on people like, oh, oh. you know, your people were under Roman captivity. They were looking for a savior who would come from heaven, who looked swole like Chris Hemsworth. That's who they were looking for. How come you didn't come like that? How come you came in the form of a baby? A baby can't defend itself. A baby can't guard itself. A baby can't lead a revolution. Why would you come as a baby? And then it made me think of the song. I was like, oh, I understand. I get it. They are weak, but he is strong. Little ones to him below. And I just remember, and I started, started, started thinking of that song. I was like, oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I, think, I believe he came as a baby because he wanted to empathize with our weakness. He understood. That's why God calls us children. Because he understands what the assistance a child would need in order to grow and develop. And some of you guys, you're harder on yourselves than God is on you. Did you know that? That some of you guys are beating yourself up for past sins that God is like, I've already forgiven you, child. I love you. Why are you still apologizing for things I've already forgiven? Don't you know? Like, that's gone. But we're conditioned in that in society. We have to be harder on ourselves than anybody else. And yet God, like a good father, looks at us like children. He goes, hey, little child, I've forgiven you. Like my little chicken nugget. I call her a chicken nugget. That's what I call her. That's our term of endearment. She's up here shouting at me, talking. She doesn't know what's going on. You know what she does know? She's in the presence of her father. She knows she's in the presence of her father. Why do you think she sits there and she's saying, Dada, Dada? You know how many times God looks up from heaven and he's like, I wonder if you'd call my name like that? 
that you just, just know that you're not interrupting me when you call my name. Yeah, hi, baby. I wonder if we could be like a child like that and call in the name of Jesus. Hi, Jesus. And just know that you've captivated his attention in the moment. He's like, hold on, hold on. I know all the other 99 are doing something right now, but my one is calling my name. Huh? Hi. She, she knows she has my attention. How much more does the Father in heaven, how much more do we have his attention when we go, Dada, I'm scared. God, I'm stressed out. God, I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I'm full of anxiety. God, this is the season. This is not a great season for me. I have a lot of seasonal depression right now. Jesus, if you can just hear me right now. And he goes, you have my full attention. What? What? I'll stop whatever I'm doing. Because he gets it. God gets what it's like. Jesus gets what it's like to be a baby, to be dependent on someone else. And so he asks us, he's like, would you cry out to me, Abba, Father? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. He says, when the angels left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. I don't know why you guys, some of you guys in this room think you're not qualified to preach the gospel. I don't know why some of you guys think, oh, it's the pastor's job to preach. No, it's not. It's your life to preach. Your life should be preaching. It says that the shepherds did exactly what the angels told them. They walked up to this new child. And as they walked up, they see these new parents, young parents. And they see this child and they look at this child and they're like, oh, this is him. This is the one who who has the government on his shoulders. This is the one who takes away the sins of the world. This is the baby who will cause the government to rise and fall. This is him. This is the baby. This is the man that we've been excluded from temple to experience. This is him right here, right in a place that I can get to with all of my smells, with all of my occupational worries, with everything that would exclude me from walking into temple. I'm walking up to him right now. This is that baby. And it said that they walked away with joy. Hey, little nugget, give her to me. Come, come. You good? We good? Right? This is it, though. How many times has God been like, I'll pick you up if you just call me? I'll hold you if you just call me. I know you're going through a divorce. If you just call me, I'll, I'll hold you. I know you're going through anxiety right now. If you just call on me, I will hold you. 
I know you're struggling with your identity. I know you're struggling with your future. But if you just call me, I will hold you in my arms because I love you like none other. That's why Jesus said, let the children come unto me. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Look at this, family. Like, this is real-time stuff. I'm holding her. She doesn't have a word to say. She knows she's safe. She knows she's in the right place. She knows she's in the arms of the Father. How much more, some of you guys, you haven't even, be, haven't even been held by your earthly father, and yet there's a God in heaven who holds all the stars and all the galaxies in his hand, and he's like, I want to be personal so that I can hold you. Can I hold you? Do you know you're safe? Yeah? She's at peace. She's at peace. They went out. They spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They walked away glorifying God. They walked away thanking God. My question for you this holiday season, and I hope you guys just ponder this as you, we go throughout the rest of the year. Are you going to be good? My question for you guys is this. It's simple. 707, I'm, I'm done. It's, it's a simple question. If God would come in the form of a man and make himself a child and humble himself to being born to parents and dealing with us in every human emotion possible, if God would do that and make himself, make the God of heaven make himself accessible to us, will you make yourself accessible to him? Will you make yourself accessible to him? Or will this be another Christmas that goes by where we're like, you know what, God, I don't have time for you right now. God, you know what, I, I really want to give my life to you, but, you know, you're political. No, he's not. We made him that way. God, I would give my life to you, but I just, I don't know if I could really believe in this whole Bible thing. It's been edited by man, but it's been maintained by the Holy Spirit. God, I don't know if I can give myself. There are some Christians who just, you know, they put a bad taste in my mouth. You see, but that's different. The Lord says, um, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you've been drinking from the wrong cup. Stop drinking from people. Drink from Jesus. He has eternal life. He has life abundant. All of us here have been hurt by people. And the people make up the church. But this Christmas season, God is like, will you just give me your heart? This delicate, fragile, vulnerable thing, will you just give me your heart? God, but I'm scared. What will my family think of me? What will my friends think of me? I wouldn't even know what to think of myself. And yet he stands there, he goes, don't worry about all that. I'm going to make you new. 
I'm going to make you so new that people are going to want to know what happened to you. Are you going to make yourself accessible to Jesus in 2023? I can't answer that question. Your actions will. It's up to you. Hey, little nugget, I'm closing this out. Will you make yourself accessible? And what does that mean? Let's make it practical, right? Let's make it practical. Will you make yourself accessible in your heart? When things don't quite make sense or not going your way, are you going to make yourself accessible? Are you going to make yourself accessible in the areas and places where you're like, God, I don't want you to fix this. It's okay. I'm still dealing with it. Will you make that accessible? Are you going to make maybe maybe making your trauma, your past trauma accessible to him and saying, God, I'm going to let you into this hurt. Do what you need to do with it. Maybe it's making the divorce you're going through accessible saying, God, you know what? I don't know how this is turning out, but I'm going to give it to you. Maybe it's making the depression, the anxiety, the fear, your future and saying, God, I can't deal with all these things. I've taken enough medications and they're not working so I'm going to give this to you it could just be an easy step of saying God I'm going to make myself accessible tomorrow morning to you when I remind myself and my family why we celebrate this tradition does anyone want to be accessible this Christmas season yeah could you guys stand with me as I pray? Kick her out. She's got to go. You know, believing in Jesus after this moment, if you decide to believe in Jesus, it's not some miracle pill, okay? It's not something you take once a morning and you're like, oh, I'm going to be better today. That's not what this is. This is a life decision of choosing relationship with a God who wants to be intimate with you. It's choosing relationship with someone who is wanting you and desires you. It's choosing relationship with someone who came and not only was born, but died on a cross for you. I think everywhere this Christmas season, we're going to say, tis the season, and you're going to see a cross, and you're going to see a crown of thorns that says, this is the reason. I want to correct that. That's not the reason. I know, I'm blowing some of y'all's minds right now, like, what? The reason for him walking this earth was not just to die, but it was to get the Holy Spirit back into mankind. That was his reason. The Holy Spirit that had left in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell, he's like, no, no, my main goal is to get the Holy Spirit back into men. And so what you're saying yes to when you say, God, I want to be accessible to you is like, God, I want to receive your Holy Spirit. And I want your Holy Spirit to do the work in me that I cannot do on my own. There's no amount of self-help books. There's no amount of conditioning. There's no amount of going to the gym that's going to get rid of this hurt in my heart. The only thing that can do that is you. The only thing that could heal me is you. So I'm going to be accessible to you because you are accessible to me. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you that you made yourself accessible to us in the form of a baby. And Lord, we know that your first party guests were shepherds, were the outcast. So Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I pray over every person right now who feels like an outcast in their life. I pray, Lord God, that you meet them in an intimate place, Lord God. Father, I pray for those who don't have a relationship with you, that this Christmas season they decide to make themselves accessible to you. Lord God, I'm a byproduct of making, my, making myself accessible to you, and you've changed me in ways I can't understand, Lord. So, Father, I pray that your children, those whom you love, understand the same thing. I don't know if we can say this, but I'll say it on behalf of Pioneer Church. Happy birthday, Jesus. We're thankful that you came. We're thankful that you put your Holy Spirit in us. And we're, we are so thankful that you're coming again one day. If you made the decision to follow Christ today in your heart, if you've confessed your sins, and you're saying, God, I want to confess my wrongs. I've wronged you so many ways. I'm sorry. And you're saying, God, I want you to make me new. I also want to say happy birthday to you. Today's your birthday as well. Because you have been made new in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. So happy birthday, new person. You now have an identity in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in this room. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. You guys may be seated. Two quick announcements. We are not having church tomorrow. If you show up, ain't no one going to answer that door. Don't call me because I'm just going to tell you Merry Christmas and keep it moving. There is no church tomorrow. We will have church on the 1st. Um, so if you get a little lit the night before, there's going to be church the next day. You know, We're going to have loud music, so prepare your heart, mind, and soul. Um, I want to let you guys know we're starting off the year. Uh, we start off the year every year with fasting in this church. We're, we're starting on the 8th, and it's a church-wide fast. And all fasting is is to give up something to see God move in your life. Uh, the reason why we do that, we just believe starting off the year giving it to God. Um, there's never been a year where we fasted and we didn't receive more than what we fasted for. So um, we're starting off the year in fasting, but we're also, I'm starting off the year preaching about identity. Preaching about identity. And if you're like, what do you mean identity? Um, identity in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be a son or a daughter of the house? Uh, a lot of us Christians, we've been Christians for quite a long time, but unfortunately, sometimes we operate with an orphan-like mindset, right? We're always thinking, let me preserve myself, let me preserve myself, but in the Father's house, we have everything we need. So we're going to talk about what that means. What does it mean to have an identity in Jesus? What does it mean to have brothers and sisters in Christ? What does it mean to be walking in power? What does it mean to be walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? I think if we can get identity right in the beginning of the year, we could possibly transform all of 2023. Guys, Merry Christmas. I love you guys. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Have a great Christmas, and I will see you next week, Sunday. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.